All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Romans part 32, we'll finish up chapter 10. And we're still dealing with uh, the nation of Israel in this section. So chapters 9, 10, and 11 all deal with the nation of Israel and their rejection of the Messiah, their rejection of the kingdom that was offered uh, in that time period. Uh, so that's what Paul is dealing with. And he's explaining this here in Romans because he's been dealing with prior to chapter 9, right, salvation by grace, found in Jesus Christ by grace alone, right? We're not under the law, apart from the law. And so the natural question would be, well, what about those promises made to Israel? And you have to answer that because if God doesn't fulfill the promises to Israel, then what gives us the reasoning to think he would fulfill the promise of salvation for those who trust in Christ? Right, so that's why you have to answer that question, right? If God doesn't fulfill those promises with Israel, then he's unfaithful. So why would we trust in him for salvation of our soul? Um, so that's why Paul has to deal with this, and we'll see uh, in a couple of weeks. At the end of chapter 11, when he finishes dealing with Israel, he says, a remnant shall be saved, right? God's not finished with them. He will fulfill those promises. Um, but right now he's dealing with their rejection of uh, the gospel that they were offered. In chapter 9, of course, he dealt with the promises they were given, God's uh, choice to choose whom he wanted to start the nation of Israel with. Um, he chose the seed through Isaac and Jacob, not Ishmael and Esau, and that was God's prerogative. It did not mean that Esau and Ishmael were predestined to hell, as the Calvinists make out in chapter 9. Rather, they didn't have right Israel starting through their seed, but they could still bless Israel. They could still obtain salvation by obeying God, and they chose not to do that. Um, so we dealt with all that in the last few weeks. Um, but here in chapter 10, last week we dealt with um, verses 1 through 13, and this week we will finish the chapter in verses 14 through 21. Uh, so starting in verse 14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? For Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah says very bold, and saith, I was found of him that sought me not, I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands into a disobedient and gainsaying people. So if you remember last week, we dealt with um, verses 9 and 10, right? If thou shalt confess thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Um, verse 11, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And verse 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? None of these things... It's the gospel as we would preach today because you don't see the cross of Christ here. Right? This is speaking to before Christ died on the cross, the gospel was faith in his name. Right? That's what Israel had to believe. He had not yet died and resurrected, so they couldn't put their faith in that. They did not yet know it. When you read through the gospels, you see in uh, Luke, I think it's chapter 18, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem to die, and three days later I'll rise again. And Peter says, not so, Lord. So you have to understand, have the dispensational understanding that there are different Gospels. The word Gospel simply means good news, and we'll see that in these verses here. 
Um, but the good news changed through time as God revealed things. Right Before he had died and resurrected, that was not the good news because it hadn't happened. The good news was, I am the Messiah. I have fulfilled the prophets. I am who the prophets spoke of. Believe in me, believe on my name, and you'll receive the salvation, the kingdom. Um, so that's the gospel here that Paul is saying they rejected. Right, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Right, You have to call upon the name, and you're not going to call upon the name of the Lord unless you believe, which is what he says here. Uh, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So Israel didn't call upon the name of the Lord because they didn't believe that's who he was. Right, They rejected him. Um, how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Uh, how shall they preach except they be sent? Um, this is usually a passage that's used for missionary work, which spiritually it's truth, right? They can't believe if they don't hear, right? They're not going to believe if they or call if they don't have the faith, right? You have to have faith in Christ before you can believe the gospel. Um, they're not going to hear without a preacher, without someone preaching to them, right? This is why we need preachers today. Um, to preach the gospel so people can hear it and believe it, have the opportunity to believe it. So you definitely have that spiritual application here, but that's not the point or the context of the passage. He's dealing with Israel, and you have to remember that, right? How can Israel call upon the Messiah if they didn't believe in him? Um, how can they believe in him if they didn't hear of him? And how can they hear unless someone preached it? Um, and how can they preach except they be sent? These are the questions that Paul is asking, and he'll answer all of them. Um, but again, preaching, I want to deal with the spiritual aspect um, you have to have preachers of the Word of God before someone can believe it, right? And so you see this all throughout Scripture. If you turn to Psalms 48 through 10, this is David. He says, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have, not, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. So this is David saying, I have preached thy righteousness. Right? I have not hid thy salvation from the great congregation. Talking about the congregation of Israel. Right? David preached God's righteousness to them. Um, 2 Peter 2, 5. A lot of times people talk about the Old Testament and God's judgment. Right? They say he was a, a judging God in the, in the Old Testament. But here in Second Peter 2, verse 5, it says, And spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah was preaching back in that day. So it's not like the people were just blindsided by this flood. They had the opportunity to repent and believe God. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, right? He proclaimed the righteousness of God, telling them, you're going to be judged for your sins, right? Unless you have faith in God and get in the ark, right? But of course, they rejected it. So again, you see all throughout the Bible, God oftentimes warns people before he judges them. Think about the nation of Nineveh. Jonah went and preached and they repented, but then they went back to their old ways and God judged them, right? But God gave them the chance to repent before he judged them. You see that all throughout the scripture. Um, so God gives... Right, humans a chance to repent before he judges them. So even back in Noah's day, he was a preacher of righteousness. Uh, Matthew 3, 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. 
So John the Baptist came preaching, and of course his message was in verse 2, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, so John the Baptist was a preacher, preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, if you go to chapter 4, verse 17, uh, Jesus says from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in verse 23, it says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching to their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So John preached, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus comes and preaches the same thing in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 4, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John and Jesus both preached the kingdom being at hand to the nation of Israel. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.17 Paul, he says, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So Paul was sent not to baptize, but to preach the gospel of Christ. Um, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Right? You don't have to have all these fancy words and try to be very eloquent in your speech with fancy words to get people to believe something. Paul says, I didn't use wisdom of words because I didn't want to make the cross of Christ none effect. Right, the gospel is plain, it's simple. Christ died for your sins. You are a sinner. He paid for that. Right? He took the sacrifice for your sins and resurrected said you can have eternal life. Right? And that's what Paul preached, the cross. Um, anyone who believes in that right, can be saved. He said he didn't want to make the cross of Christ of none effect. And then 2 Timothy 1.11, Paul says, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. So Paul was appointed a preacher of the Gentiles, right? And of course, he preached the gospel. Um, so you have to have preachers preaching the gospel for people to hear it and believe it, right? So again, this passage is often used um, for missionary work, and rightly so, because, again, you find the spiritual principle here. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Someone has to preach that word of God for people to hear it, right? So we should be preachers and teachers of the word of God so that people can hear it and believe it. Um, Paul says, how should they preach except they be sent? Uh, again, he's dealing with the nation of Israel. And Israel here in this context of chapter 10 had kind of said, right, we have not heard the gospel. Because if you go back to verse uh, 6 and 7, Paul says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ now from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. And so we went back to Moses. He's quoting Moses there. He just changes the word Christ, uh, the word law to the word Christ from quoting Moses. Moses was talking about the law. He says you don't have to go to heaven to find the words of God. You don't have to go across the sea to find the words of God. It's here in the law. You just have to do it, right, and read it. Um, Paul's saying the same thing here about Christ. Right, Israel was saying we have not heard the gospel. He says, well, Christ has already come, right? If you're saying who shall go up into the heavens, well, that's to bring Christ back down, right? He's up in heaven. He has come and ascended. You, you missed it, right? You heard it. You just rejected it. Um, so Israel has said, right, we haven't heard. But of course, it was because they rejected it. They did hear. Um, they just chose not to believe it. So that's what he's specifically dealing with here is the nation of Israel. And of course, there was preachers sent to the nation of Israel. If you go to John 1, 6... Of 
course, it had prophets all throughout the Old Testament. But in the earthly ministry of Jesus, it says in John 1, 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John the Baptist was sent to Israel. Right? We saw he preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John was sent to the nation of Israel. Uh, Matthew fifteen twenty four. says, but he answered and said, this is Jesus speaking, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So yeah, John was sent. Jesus was sent. Um, the 12 apostles were sent. Mark 16, 15 through 18. Again, another passage used for evangelism, but often taken out of its context of what gospel they were evangelizing. Uh, but it says, He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take out serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Thou shalt lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So God is sending his, or Jesus is sending the twelve apostles to come preach this kingdom of the gospel, right, to Israel and to the othermost parts of the earth. Uh, John twenty twenty one. Jesus tells his disciples. Um, he says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. All right, so Jesus was sent of the Father, sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and he tells his disciples, As God has sent me, now I'm sending you. Right, because he's about to ascend to heaven. So he's sending his disciples to go out and proclaim the work that he was doing. Uh, the gospel of the kingdom. So Israel cannot say, right, we haven't heard. No one was sent to us. All right, it's clear throughout the gospels, throughout the Old Testament, there were many prophets sent to them. And then even in Jesus' earthly ministry, you had John the Baptist, Jesus, and the 12 apostles that were sent to Israel. Right? Um, so they had preachers sent. Um, he, verse 15, he says, As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Um, he's quoting here Isaiah 52, verse 7. So whenever you see prophecy, someone quoting prophecy in the New Testament, you need to go back to get the context. Isaiah 52, 7. This is a chapter about the redemption of Israel, Israel's redemption. If you start in verse 6, it says, Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice with the voice together, shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Bring forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Israel. The Lord hath made bare his holy arms in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. So here in the context, it's talking about the redemption of the nation of Israel. Right? He says, uh, publish salvation that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Right? So it's Jerusalem, Zion. Uh, Israel is this gospel of redemption being preached. And so Paul is quoting that verse, talking about uh, how beautiful are the feet of them 
uh, that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Again, he's referencing the gospel that was preached to Israel, right? Their redemption, their Messiah that came. Um, and of course, again, they had preachers of this. In Luke 1, Zacharias, John's father, uh, verse 67 says, His father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and have raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. So Zacharias is prophesying about Jesus, right? This Jesus that's coming. He has come to redeem our people, right? And again, he's preaching that gospel that we just read in Isaiah, right? Redemption for Israel from the Messiah. Um, so again, it was published throughout Israel. They heard that gospel, so they had no excuse. Um, also, again, here I'm going to point out that the word gospel simply means good news. Okay, oftentimes when you see the word gospel, you automatically think the death and resurrection. Okay, again, you have to have the dispensational understanding that things change. In the Old Testament, it's called good tidings. So there's the Old Testament had the gospel. Right, but Paul says he preaches a mystery of the gospel, right, something that was kept secret. Right, there's aspects to Christ's death and resurrection that wasn't known until after the fact. Um, and he clearly says that in 1 Corinthians when he said, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Right? The princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified. If Satan knew the whole purpose of Christ's death and resurrection, he would have never let it happen. Right? So God had to keep it a secret to accomplish it, right? to fulfill that purpose. And that shows God's wisdom there. But again, that word gospel simply means good news. And the good news to Israel at this time was your Messiah has come to fulfill the prophets to bring in the kingdom, right? So you could have, be the nation over the nations, okay? That was the good news to Israel. Um, so Paul here says the gospel of peace. And as we read in Isaiah, you don't see the word gospel in Isaiah. It simply says, um, glad tidings. I'll go back and read it just to show that. Um, Paul says the gospel of peace in Isaiah 52, it says, Him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, and that bringeth good tidings of good things. So that's what the word gospel means, good tidings. Okay, um, So those good tidings can change throughout uh, history um, as God reveals new things about it. Um, verse 16, he says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed our report. So he says they have not all obeyed the gospel. Uh, the obeying of the gospel um, here is rejecting the Messiah, right? They did not all obey that. Some of them did. That's why he says they, um, they have not all obeyed, which means some did, but not all of them obeyed the gospel. Um, and he's talking about the rejection of the Messiah. Um, Isaiah 61.1. Um, he's quoting here Isaiah 53, verse 1. Um, but Isaiah 61, 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So here, this is a prophecy of Christ, saying, The Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. 
Um, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. If you go to Luke 4, verse 17 through 21, Jesus reads this verse and tells them this verse is fulfilled today in your ears, saying, I am the one that this verse is prophesying of. So in Luke 4, 17 through 21, It says, There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the ministers, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bare him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? So Jesus is saying, right, I am the fulfilling of that prophecy of Isaiah 61.1. And their reaction is, Is this Joseph's son? And so you see that unbelief there. Right? Isn't this Joseph's son? Who is this guy? Um, so that's what um, you see their rejection of the proclamation of the prophets. Jesus saying, I am he, whom the prophet spoke of. And that's why Paul quotes, right? They have not obeyed the gospel. They rejected the Messiah. And then he quotes Isaiah, right? Lord, who have believed our report? So when he says that, he's quoting Isaiah 53, verse 1. Um, again, Isaiah 53, a very popular passage talking about um, the crucifixion of Christ, right? The suffering he would go through. Um, Isaiah 53, 1, it says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it was, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. So that's what Isaiah is prophesying. He's prophesying of the rejection of the Messiah for Israel, right? Who hath believed our report? Um, and then he goes into the suffering that Christ would suffer from those who rejected him, is what he's prophesying there. Um, so the same thing Paul's saying here, right? They did not all obey the gospel. They rejected the Messiah, just like Isaiah said they would. And then verse 17, he says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So again, another popular passage, very true. You can only have faith in what you've heard, right? And you can only hear what you need faith in from the word of God. Right. The gospel comes from the word of God. What you need for your spiritual understanding comes from the word of God. And you have to hear that before you can have faith in it. Uh, I've talked before about blind faith. There's no spiritual, uh, scriptural thing as blind faith. Because blind faith is often, well, you know, I just believe. What are you believing? Right? If you don't know what you're believing, then what is your faith in? Right? You have to have that understanding. You have to know what you're believing before it can be true faith. Right? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for or the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right? So you believe what you understand. Right? You have to understand who Christ is, what he did for you on the cross, his resurrection. You have to understand those things before you can truly have faith in it. Right? So you have to hear them, hear them by the word of God, uh, so you can have faith in it. Uh, so faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. But the problem with Israel is their hearing was dull. Uh, Matthew 13, 9-16, through 16, Jesus tells them this. So it wasn't that they didn't hear, as they were saying. They heard, they just didn't hear, right? Because their hearing was dull. They didn't have the faith, right? That was the issue. 
uh, Matthew 13, verse 9 through 16, uh, Jesus says, Who have ears to hear, let him hear. And disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So he spoke in parables, and you had to have faith to understand the parables, to understand what they were saying. Um, he says, these people, right, their heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. So that was the problem with Israel. Their ears were dull of hearing. But those who had faith that he was the Messiah, he says, blessed are you, for your eyes see, and your ears hear. That's what he tells his disciples. Um, so the problem with Israel was they didn't have faith because their hearing was dull, right? Their ears were dull of hearing, Jesus said. Um, so verse 18, Paul clearly says, But I say, have they not heard? Right. So again, he's going to point out here, they have heard the gospel. Right. They just rejected it. Their ears were dull of hearing. Um, another thing I want to point out too, just to show again that he is clearly speaking of Israel. You notice the word they in all of these verses. Verse 14, how shall they call uh, in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Um, verse 16, but they have not obeyed the gospel. So who is this they? Right, again, he's talking about a specific group. The they is Israel. Right? So he says here, but I say, have they not heard? So you can clearly see he's talking about a group. Right? They, they, they. Um, and then verse 19, he clearly says, but I say, did not Israel know? Right, so you can clearly see he's still talking about Israel in the context, right? With the word they, he's speaking about them. Then he says, did not Israel know? That's the they that he's referring to. Um, so make sure you stay in the context of what he's dealing with here. He's dealing with the na uh, nation of Israel and their rejection of the gospel of the kingdom. They heard it and they just rejected it. So he says, I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Um, he's quoting from the Old Testament. If you go to Psalms 19... Again, Israel had no excuse. Even in the Old Testament, they knew the law of God. They knew the prophecies. They could have known who the Messiah was. Right? They just didn't have the faith. Psalm 19, 1 through 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them have he set a tabernacle for the sun. So it's talking about the heavens declaring the glory of God, or how you can see the glory of God in creation, and how its uh, language is heard from everybody, right? It doesn't matter what language you speak, you can see that. It talks about how uh, the words were unto the end of the world. So again, just in creation, you can see that there is a God, right? And know that there is a true God in creation. Um, if you go to Psalms 22, verse 22 through 28, 
David says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel. For he have not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. That shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. So David here talking about, right, I'm speaking of the praise in all the congregation of Israel. So even in the Old Testament, again, David preached the righteousness of God, praise of God, in all the congregation of Israel. Um, he says, even to the ends of the world, they shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. So talking about even to the other nations, they'll hear about the glory of God through Israel. Um, and you saw this throughout the Old Testament. Uh, we'll read Second uh, Chronicles 9.23. At the height of Israel's kingdom, the nations came to Israel to gain wisdom from Solomon. And of course, his wisdom came from God. Second Chronicles 9.23, it says, All the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. So it says all the kings of the earth sought um, the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom uh, that God had put in his heart. So at the pinnacle of Israel's kingdom, when Solomon was on the throne, you had the nations coming to Israel to gain wisdom and the wisdom that God had given to Solomon. Um, that's again what will happen in the end. That's a picture of when Christ comes to sit on the throne and the nations come to learn righteousness from God, right? to learn wisdom. Okay, that's what that's a picture of. Um, if you go to, I think it's Joshua 2.10. Rahab says, uh, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. So this is Rahab in Jericho, and she says, We heard of your God, right, and the things he did in Egypt, the things he did to the nations, the kings that you went and fought against, how he delivered them into your hand. So again, God was proclaimed throughout the earth, right, because of the things he had done through Israel. Um, God's righteousness, his wisdom was proclaimed when Solomon was on the current and the nations came to him, the kings came to him to gain wisdom. So the point being here, the word of God had been spread throughout the world, right? Even through Israel in the Old Testament. Um, if you go to Matthew 12, 41 through 42, again, the problem is Israel didn't have faith that Christ was the Messiah, which is what Paul is dealing with. So you saw where Solomon, when he sat on the throne, the kings came to gain wisdom of him. In Matthew 21, uh, Matthew 12, verse 42, he says, The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Um, so in Second Chronicles 9, we read verse 23 where it talked about the kings coming. Remember verse 1, the queen of Sheba came to Solomon to gain wisdom. So you can read about that in Second uh, Chronicles 9. And so Jesus here is saying the queen of the south, that's the queen of Sheba, um, she will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. He's saying that 
that Queen of Sheba will condemn this generation because she came to Solomon to gain the wisdom of God. And he says that greater than Solomon is here, speaking of himself. He said, I'm greater than Solomon. I am the king that the prophets talk about. And you're going to be judged by the Queen of Sheba because she came and had faith, right, to learn the wisdom from God. She could see it in Solomon, and you can't see it in me. And I'm the one the prophet spoke about. I'm the one that's greater than Solomon. So that's what he's saying here. Um, so again, they rejected him as their Messiah. Um, but back to Romans 10, so just showing there, right, the word of God, it was heard throughout the nations, even in the Old Testament, right? They heard about the power of God, the righteousness of God through Israel. Um, Paul shows that both Israel heard and knew from the law, Moses, and from the prophets, uh, Isaiah. So he quotes here in Romans 10, verse 19, he's going to quote from Moses, saying they heard, even from Moses, they heard the gospel um, of the kingdom. And from Isaiah, they heard it. All right, so again, Moses and Isaiah both prophesied of the coming king. So he said, Israel, all right, you have no excuse. You heard it from the law and from the prophets. All right, it's been proclaimed throughout the earth. It's been proclaimed throughout the nation of Israel, this gospel, right, that I would come and fulfill it. You just rejected it. You didn't have the eyes to see or the ears to hear. Um, so it's interesting that he quotes from Moses and from Isaiah here, showing that right, you could have known it from the law and from the prophets. That's what I think he's trying to show here. Um, but if you go to Psalms 49, verse 1, it says, Hear this, all you people, give ear, all you inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Interesting here in Romans 10, we talked about confession of the mouth, believing from the heart. Here, David talks about my mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Um, so again, what Paul is dealing with was nothing new, right? You could know about those things, confession of the mouth, belief of the heart from the Old Testament, right? So he's not revealing something new. He's not revealing the mystery in Romans 10. Right? These are things you can learn throughout the scripture. Um, but he says, I will incline mine ear to a parable, I will open my dark saying upon the heart, wherefore should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others." Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their prosperity approve their saying, Selah. Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for that he shall receive me, Selah. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise thee. When thou doest well to thyself, he shall go to the generations of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perish. So David here, um, actually a psalm for the sons of Korah is what it says here. But the psalm here 
It's dealing with those who trust in riches. Right? He says, riches cannot redeem your soul. He says, my soul will be redeemed by God. Um, which is exactly what Jesus teaches in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. In Luke 16, you all heard the story of the rich man and Lazarus. At the end of it, he says, He said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So again, that parable of the rich man and Lazarus, the same principle from that story, is what Psalms 49 speaks about. Right, Your riches can't save you. These people that trust in riches, he says, are like the beasts of the field. When they die, they're dead. Right, Their riches can't save them. They're no different than an animal that dies at that point. Right? They're both dead. That's the point there. He says, I trust in God right, to redeem my soul. Uh, that's the same point of Jesus' story of the rich man Lazarus, right? He says, you wouldn't hear, uh, your riches can't save you, and you won't hear Moses and the prophets, therefore you won't believe even if one rose from the dead. And so he's speaking of himself rising from the dead. He's saying, you're not going to believe me because you didn't believe Moses and the prophets. Right? So again, the things Jesus was teaching could have been learned from Moses and the prophets. Again, showing Israel had no excuse when Christ came. Right? They could have known, they just did not. Um, Deuteronomy 31, verse 10 through 13. It was a law in Israel that they read the law every seven years so that every generation could know it was the purpose of it. Uh, it says, mm, John 31, verse 10 through 13. Says, and Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of the Tabernacle, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear, and that they may learn, and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land, whither you go over Jordan to possess it. So he says every seven years you need to read this law in the ears of all the people so that they can learn, right? And remember the things that God has done for Israel, right? Proclaim him among all the people. Uh, it says in verse 12, um, Together men and women and children and thy stranger that is within thy gates. So even the strangers, the Gentiles that were within the gates would hear this law. Right? So again, every seven years the law was to be read for all of the nation of Israel to hear so again, they had no excuse. They heard, they understand, or could have had the understanding. But again, the problem was they didn't have the faith. Um, I don't know if I put it on here. But I think it's Matthew 2. Verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod heard, 
When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. And out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had previously called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. And of course, the wise men find him, and then God appears to them in a dream, and they don't go back to Herod. The point here being, these wise men knew to come find Jesus. Well, how did they know? From the scriptures. And then when they get there, Herod goes to the scribes and the chief priests, right? These religious leaders in uh, the, the Jews. And he says, where would the Christ be born? They quote the prophets and say, in Bethlehem, Judea. Well, why weren't they going with these wise men to find and praise right, the king to see his birth? Because they didn't have the faith. So again, another verse showing they could have known. They could have went with these wise men. They didn't have the faith. So again, Paul's point here in Romans 10 is you're without excuse. right? You did hear. You could have known. right? You just rejected it. Right, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You heard it, but your hearing was dull because you didn't have the faith. Um, so that's Paul's point here. And that's what he says again in Romans uh, 10, verse 18. He says, have not they heard? Verse 19, but I say, did not Israel know? Right, they should have known. He says, for Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation will I anger you. Um, again, people make this no people the body of Christ, the church. Okay, it's not, we covered this, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, he's dealing with Hosea one ten, is where you find this phrase. Um, Moses also says it in Deuteronomy uh, thirty two twenty one that God will provoke Israel to jealousy by a people that is not a people. In Hosea one ten, he tells Israel, "You are no longer my people because you go after other gods." He says, "But there will be a time again when you will be my people again." So again, he's talking about that no people is talking about the nation of Israel, because God said, you are no longer my people because you are against these other gods. Uh, we covered that a few weeks ago. Um, he's clearly the remnant here, this no people, uh, because in Luke twelve thirty two he tells his disciples and those who followed him, fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, he's talking to only Jews there when he says, fear not, little flock, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he's not saying, right, I'm taking the kingdom from you and giving it to the Gentiles. No, he's giving it to that remnant. Right, which was called the no people. Right? It was the outcast of Israel. Those who the Jewish leader said, you know, you're the poor, the ones that go to hell. It's the rich and the powerful in the nation that get the kingdom. Right? They had it wrong. It was those that weren't a people that would get it because they had faith in Christ as Messiah. Um, so he's talking about the remnant here, the little flock. And then in verse 20 and 21, he says, But Isaiah says, Very bold, and saith, I was found to them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands into a disobedient and gainsaying people. So again, verse 21, clearly, to Israel he saith, right, all day long I have stretched forth my hands into a disobedient and gainsaying people. So he's not dealing with the church in these verses. He's still dealing with Israel. Uh, and he's quoting Isaiah 65. So we'll go back to Isaiah. Um, verse 20 and uh, in verses 20 21, he's quoting Isaiah 65, 1 and 2. 
He says, I am salt of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. So these are the verses that Paul is quoting. Um, the remnant is the ones that gets the kingdom, right? And we covered this, not all Israel is Israel, right? means that just because you're born a Jew, a Israelite, does not mean you are the spiritual Israel that gets the kingdom. You have to be a believing Jew. Right, you have to be born again spiritually, not just born in the flesh of Jew, but born again spiritually to get the kingdom. Um, and we see this in Isaiah 65, verse 8 through 16. It says, Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, Destroy it not, for a blessing is in it, so will I do for my servants' sake, that I may not destroy them all. So he's talking about the nation of Israel, right? As you would for wine, you don't destroy all the cluster because there's a blessing in it, right? You can get juice out of it. And he says, same for Israel. I'm not going to destroy them all, but I will save some of them, right? I will save the remnant. It says, and I will bring forth a seed out of Jacob and out of Judah, an inheritor of my mountains, and mine elect shall inherit it, and my servant shall dwell there. And Sharon shall be a fold of flocks in the valley of Acre, a place for the herds to lie down in for my people that have sought me. But ye are they that forsake the Lord, that forget my holy mountain, that prepare a table for that troop, and that furnish the drink offering unto the number. Therefore will I number you to the sword, and ye shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, ye did not answer. When I spake, ye did not hear, but did evil before mine eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but ye shall be ashamed. Behold, my servant shall sing for joy of heart, but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. And you shall leave your name for a curse unto my chosen, for the Lord God shall slay thee, and shall call his servants by another name. That he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are here from mine eyes. So he's dealing here with the remnant gets it, but those who didn't believe will get the judgment. Right? So those who didn't believe in Israel will be judged by God. Those who believed will get the kingdom. Um, and you see this again throughout Jesus' earthly ministry. He teaches this, right? Woe to you, hypocrites. Um, you scribes and Pharisees, you're hypocrites. That's Matthew 23. It's all these woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, those are Jews. Why is it woe to them? Because they were hypocrites. They didn't have faith. They did the law, they thought, but they didn't understand them. Right? They didn't have faith in what the prophets spoke about would come, Christ as Messiah. Um, Matthew 3, 7 through 12, John the Baptist says the same thing, right? He says, you vipers, right? You're a perverse generation, right? You're going to be judged in the fire, he says. The axe is laid to the trees and the wood's thrown into the fire. The same is going to happen to you unless you repent, right? Have faith. Um, Moses even says this. He talks about a perverse generation. And we see Jesus quoting this about the generation he came to, right? It's a perverse generation that'll get judgment. So you see this again all throughout the Old Testament, right? And in Jesus' ministry. A remnant will get the kingdom, right? The little flock. He says, my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But those who didn't believe, they got judgment, right? The scribes, the Pharisees, those who rejected. Um, so that's what Paul's dealing with in Romans 10. So again, a lot of people go there and try to preach our gospel. Uh, they like Romans 10, 13. But again, you don't see nothing about the death and resurrection. You are only saved today by faith in Christ's death and resurrection. So again, you have to have that understanding. It's not a blind faith, right? Well, I believe in God. Okay, that's a good start, right? What about God do you believe, right? What about Jesus? Do you understand? 
Right? You have to have preachers preaching that so people can hear it and have faith. Right? But it's not found here, that gospel. The gospel here is Christ as Messiah, belief on his name. And the reason that's here is because he's dealing with Israel rejecting that because that's the gospel that was preached to them. Right? Christ had not yet died and resurrected when he came to earth. Right? During his earthly ministry, he was alive. He had not died yet. Um, so the gospel there, the good news was, this is the Messiah, the ones the prophets spoke of, the king of Israel. Right? And of course, they rejected that. Um, so Paul here is saying, right, they heard, they knew, they had the law of the prophets. It was spoken throughout all the world. Right? Jesus spoke it to them. The twelve apostles spoke it to them. The law, Moses, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of them spoke of these things. They simply rejected it because they didn't have the ears to hear. Um, so again, they are without excuse. So any thoughts or questions? No longer than I can possibly.